Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry feathered or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome listeners to episode 176. I nearly said 126. 176, the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast with too much talking to pets is barely enough. I'm Dr. Robbie Ander and I'm joined this week by a man who has been uh, dutifully going through his text messages from four years ago, just trying to check and make sure that nothing comes along to mean that he has to relinquish his role as the co-host of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast. And so far he's coming up clean. But there's always that fifth year. It's Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you going? <laughs> good, Robbie. Good, Robbie. Are you are you potentially going to bring up that that special little picture I sent you a couple of years ago? You know, just I mean, we were just getting to know each other. It was, you know, it's, just it's, feeling it's, things out. You yeah, know, just going, hey, well, you know, oh, you know well, have, what are you up don't. to? You know, what are you watching <laughs> yeah. on TV? That's know? right. Yeah. How's the podcast going? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Oh, I've got no. this idea about a podcast. Well, I actually had to send a dodgy photo this week. So um, first, Ooh. first it was it was, it was Christina sent me the photo first, and then uh, and then and then I had to send it on to someone, which is probably an invasion of uh, a privacy for, yeah. um, for for on Chris on my behalf to Christina. That, that, where that could be she distribution. I think that's that becomes distribution if you send it on. Oh really? Anyway, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh gee, so, Liz, that's that's all kinds of controversial. Um, what, are, but, what are we talking about here? Well, so so what the picture is, I'm just going to bring it up here and I'm just going to show it to oh, you. That's helpful for the view, for the listener. Well, it's because I don't really want to be. Oh, okay. So right looks like um, looks like a little. Is it a, is that a canoe? Is that a man in, in a canoe? I can see. Is that what we? Um, that what we've got it's there? a. It's a, it's actually quite a tall man in the little canoe of a uh, of, of a poor little girl dog. Right. Oh, I see. That I couldn't yes. tell. Right. You couldn't okay. tell that, but no, no, it was it was it was a, a little. A, a tall little man in a, in a, in a and, and so Chris says, like, that, that looks a little bit weird. And I said, well, I have a contact. Can you send me the photo? And I will send that to my contact just so that we can confirm what it is. So I had to uh, email uh, said contact and say, hey, contact, um, you know, who's an expert in these sorts of things. Um, sorry for the dodgy photo, but just wanting to get clarification on what this uh, this is. And yeah, uh, right. wrote back saying it's, a, it's an Oz clitoris. Right. I was going to say, was there some sort of, yeah, like penis in the, like a mixture of sexes or something going on? It certainly looks like it. Yeah. Mm, so, okay. so, so I've been doing, doing my research on it. Um, and so I was on the phone to Christina and um, uh, the kids were in the car and she said, oh, did you find out about the thing? Oh, yeah, it's an Oz. <laughs> suffied bit of soft tissue that, that she's got there. And uh, because I thought, yeah, yeah, we don't necessarily need to be going into the exact anatomical terms of that particular part of the female genitalia around the kids. Um, yeah, yeah, so, trying to, yeah. Trying to work out what it is. Wow. That's yeah. interesting. Wow. So, so, so my, my, what my research has shown up, Lewis, is that what it seems to be is that, uh, that these dogs have Oto testes. So, so what they are, they've got like a combination of ovaries and testicles right. inside. And yeah. so what, so what can happen is that um, they, uh, when, 
uh, like as they're re- reaching uh, sexual maturity and they their hormones start to get a little bit a uh, little bit sort of uh, worked up, that then the testosterone component comes out and starts to cause enlargement and and bony uh, tissue deposition within the uh, yeah within, right. within within the clitoris and so because all of a sudden then yeah wow well the listener you know, may not know that that in fact. The, the dog's penises do, in fact, contain a bone. There is a bone is, there. You're which absolutely is, right. Which yes. is very different to the, to the human species that does not, despite the many euphemisms, perhaps. Colloquialisms. Correct, yes, yes. But, uh, but yeah, so the, uh, the, the, a dog's penis actually does, uh, does contain a bone for some stabilisation there, and it is possible to even fracture that bone. So, um, yeah. good one, good one for... Uh, for those for those listeners listener out there that may not know, yeah. yes, and 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 so yeah, now we're trying to just you know, so that was a uh, yeah, the, the the dodgy foe that I had to send that right. came uh, at right at the same time as uh, as Australian captain Tim Payne sending mm. out you know the news coming out of him, so but except mine was you know I sent mine to an expert, not necessarily to a uh, a, a you know a, a coworker. Right. No, as, no, that wasn't expecting no. it. This is going so well. Um, so <laughs> did you did you end up desexing the dog? Like it, it would be, we would term it as a hermaphrodite, I suppose. We? Is, that, is that sort of what we're saying? I don't, I don't think I it's think. true. I, I'm not 100 percent sure on exactly where the line falls on true hermaphrodism or not. Um, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure about where, but there are there are yeah components of both. But but it is um yeah, so like uh, a lot of the the cases that I was reading about, a lot of times what people have done is um you know, when they've gone and uh and like as far as de-sexing them, the de-sexing is very similar to just a normal uh, yeah, right. female dog spay. Okay. Um, and because like the, 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 the testes and the ovaries, they basically form from the same tissue and they form right. in the same place. It's just in the, in the embryo, but then um, the testicles then get pulled down. Um, but yeah. So, so yeah, cu- a cu- the curious case of the, of the bony bit. So. Wow. Um, very good. Anyway, so, so we, we, we probably will be desexing her, but we're just going to find out whether or not we do actually like those looks I've seen conflicting reports about whether or not to remove the actual tissue, whether it's causing problems or not, because there's um, can be pretty close to the urethral opening. So oh, the, the little yeah. tube where the urine comes out from the bladder um, opens in and pretty close to, uh, to that area. So you want to make sure you don't go damaging that because that dog's going to have to wee a few more times through its yeah. life, and you don't oh. want some judicious vet going and stitching it shut. No, I wouldn't be touching the Oz penis thing. I don't think I'll just leave that alone. If it's Oz clitoris, whatever it is, I, I yeah. wouldn't be touching it. If it's weighing and do everything normal, not dribbling urine, look, uh, I, I think I, leave I, it I, alone. I think it's an, it's an irritation thing. So I think they can get mm. uh, get irritated around that. I'd there, get, so. get a bit of um, yeah, some um, uh, exposure. Probably irritation as well. Oh, I'd say some of them, yeah, if it's mucus, quite yeah. profound. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, um, well, it, good chat. Yeah, yeah, but but not not the only uh, you know awkward time someone's asked me a question uh, this week either, Lewis. I was um, I had to take Ruben to the dentist, so uh, so having a chat with the with the dentist because I had a uh, the day before we had a, a little dog that were trying to take a tooth out, um, and the root fractured off, and so I had to go fishing in there to try and try and remove the root, and so I said to the said to the dentist, I said, look, you know, question, you know, dentist to dentist, um, you know. Uh, 
when you break off a root, like how painful is the is the root that stays in there? Because mm. I mean, we can't mm. we can't ask our um our, no. our pets whether or not it's sore. And yeah, you know, there are times when um you know, like back before dental X-rays were done, where I'm I'm certain you know there were you know people did their best to try and remove all the root, but sometimes it might be that some of the root get left behind. Yes. And so I was yes. interested that from a um from a a human point of view, how much pain um, people are in and she said oh look a lot of it comes down to whether or not there's infection there so so if there's infection around the root then definitely it's going to be painful um but she said if there's been any infection in and around the bone there then yeah you really want to try and make sure you get the root out because otherwise if infection gets in and around that root, you're going to end up with an abscess and then you're going to be in all sorts of trouble if the gums healed over. Go, oh, awesome. you know, that's good. So it justified the time of going in there and trying to mm-hmm. flick, mm. flick out this teeny tiny little root that I think was, um, was, you know, attached to the dog's, uh, the, the dog's rectum. That's how far in I think we were. Um, and then as we're walking out, thank you very much. You know, doc, great seeing you again. Good on you. We'll see you again in another six months. Yeah, don't um, forget to floss. Every night, every night. Ruben, Ruben, have you flossed tonight, mate? Oh, yeah, Dad, sure, sure. Oh, he doesn't have to floss, mate. I'm the one that gets to bring him to tears of trying to. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, he's he's on, he's uh, he gets to do his teeth once a day, and at night time, it's uh, it's it's you know, up to mum and dad to floss, brush, moose. The kid's teeth, he looks like you know, he's got got you know, silver hardware in there. God, heaven forbid he needs to ever have an MRI, he'll end up having his having his mouth explode. Um, uh, but uh, so uh, walking out the front, and one of the ladies at the front going, Oh, you a vet, are you? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yes, I am. Yes, I am. Now, now, tell me, um, uh, are avocados bad for dogs? And and I thought, Wow, I, you know, look, as far as I know. No, but I do know that a lot of times people do talk about avocados being bad for dogs, but I've never seen a case of avocado poisoning or toxicity. Of dogs. If they eat the pip, then you could be in some trouble because that's a perfect size for a foreign body. But then I, saw, I wondered, I wondered where this all came from. I said, look, I'm sure your dog will be fine. You know, I said, the main, main thing is you're young. You've obviously got avocados there because you like having smashed avo on your toast. Mm. Um, that's Plus way too expensive. their own home. Probably owns her own home. She's asking this sort of thing because the average person couldn't afford both smashed apple on toast and their own and home. Ha- and their own and home. Yeah. Ac- yeah, according to 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 our, our, our prime minister, mm. the right yes. honourable Scomo. Yes. Yes. Um. Uh, and so I said, yeah, way too way too expensive. It's like blueberries. I had someone come into me once and say, uh, "Is it okay if I feed my dog blueberries?" I said, "Well, no, because they cost about six dollars a punnet." That's <laughs> a that's that's a ridiculous thing to be feeding. Yeah. Your dog, but they really like it. I said, "I know they would like it. You have it on your cereal, and you feed the dog dog food because your dog's going to be as happy with dog food as what it is with blueberries." Don't put the dog food on your food and don't feed your dog blueberries. It's just expensive. Yeah, you know I mean, do it. hey, do it if you like. It's your own, you know, it's your dog, it's your money. But you know, hey, <laughs> I said, buy the blueberries for me. I can't afford them. So yeah. anyway, so so avocado. So I had a bit of a look into avocado toxicity. And I think where the 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 general consensus is is that avocados aren't toxic for dogs as long as they're eaten in reasonably reasonable amounts. So yeah, you know, if you're talking, yeah, you're Young young person owns three homes and having smashed Avo eight <laughs> times a day. 
yeah, a small dog eating eating smashed avocado toast eight times a day, you may see some problems. Um, but your average dog eating some avocado, chances are it's probably okay. But interestingly, it's toxic for a lot of birds. So, mm-hmm. so the thought is is that the extrapolation of avocados being bad for dogs is actually come about from avocados being toxic for birds. So that is our one piece of bird information that we're going to give for the year. So <laughs> no more bird info from us. Don't, don't feed avocado to your birds. Don't feed avocados to your birds. And if you're going to have smashed avocado, make sure you own your own home or at least that you're not doing it in front of Scott Morrison. Right. I think, I reckon I remember that there was a little bit of something that came out that there was a dog. And this might be an urban myth. Might check it on Snopes.com. If anyone wants to do that, that's fine. Let me know. <laughs> that there was a dog that lived on an avocado farm. Right. Yes. And this particular dog uh, got one year into all the avocados that had fallen out of the tree. It ate an absolute SH1T load of yes, avocados right. and yep. did actually develop toxicity. Now, it might be a myth. I, I've none unresearched as uh, it might surprise many of the listener that I that I that this is this is a little chat without any pre-warning at all. Yeah, um, but. Uh, but I, I think there was one or might have been two dogs from the same farm that got did get avocado toxicity from eating an absolute fruit picker amount of uh, of uh, of avocados. We're not an just avalanche talking. of avocados. Yeah, that's right. We're not just talking yeah. just the one the one pick here. We're talking, you know, a whole stream of picks from from our ex captain yeah. Payne. A lot of yeah. avocados. And and anyone that's uh yeah anyone that's listening from Southern California might might go that's amazing <laughs> from another party. There's a guy that did, did an avocado as way anyway. But um right uh, I I digress. But anyway, that's so um, there you go. Yeah. So maybe if, I, if you're living living on an avocado farm, yes, and you got a bird, don't feed it avocado. And if you got dogs, no. don't let them get out and clean up the rotten avocados that are all over the ground. Yes, if you yeah, are an should... avocado farm and your dog got sick from it. Let us know. Let us know. Why not? Send us yeah. an email. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway, great. It's good stuff. <laughs> All righty. Uh, Zilkeen. How good Zilkeen, Lewis? Yeah, fantastic, mate. Fantastic. Had a um, uh, had a client this week flying to Queensland and said, you know, got to want something for my dog for them to uh, get on the plane. I want a sedation. They're anxious. So I, you know, want to, want to give them something to make them calm. And got on the phone, the usual chat. We're not, don't recommend using any drugs or medication mm. for sedation for flights. But I said, I know something you can use, and that is Zilkeen. Mild, and why, why is it so good, Lewis? Mild anxiety, lowering medication, really good for any, you know, sort of something like that, um, where you don't you don't want any side effects. You know, there's there's no chance yep. of anything uh, untoward happening on the plane. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and and you start a couple of days before you get on the, on the plane um, and uh, – and it will help just uh, make that flight just that little bit easier. Got to got to Brizzy. Got the got the uh, got the the dog off the plane. Happy as Larry. All good. Went really well. So big Woo-hoo! thank you. Another success story for Zilkeen. Wow, good stuff. And and delicate care too. Speaking of planes, you know um, what? Now once uh, Western Australia opens up again, you know uh, then the the good people of delicate care, you know they can start to uh, you know come over and visit yeah. people over in the Eastern Eastern States and rather than just keeping all the delicate care to themselves. Cause that's where it's made Lewis. 
It's Australian made. It's made in Perth, made from all, as many Australian based ingredients that they can get, but all export quality. They're, they they uh, make a lot of export food there. So, uh, so and what a wonderful range they've got. They've got the, uh, the sensitive skin and stomach, the novel protein diet. They've got a dental diet, mobility support. Um, they've got puppy versions. They've got also, they've also got their, uh, their, their pet shop ver- uh, varieties called Cherish. So, uh, so if you're, if you're in the market for a new, a new diet, maybe go and have a look at some of the wonderful food that are made by the great people at, uh, at Delicate Care and Cherish and, uh, and, and get your pets laughing gear wrapped around that. Excellent. Yeah, definitely. And also a big thank you to our Patreon guys. Um, it's great that you're sticking through us uh, with the, uh, the sort of gaps we've had yeah. in the, in, uh, in, uh, in the podcast. Uh, we really do appreciate that. Um, you know, uh, we, we hope to get back on the bandwagon again, don't we mate? It uh, just has a few things going on, haven't we? Absolutely. Absolutely. Things have conspired against us, but here we are, Lewis, on a sunny afternoon, lazing on a sunny afternoon in the, in the nearly summertime, ready to record. So thank you very much. If you'd like to check us out at Patreon, go go to patreon.com, search for Two Vets Talk Pets, and you will find us there. Now we're going to get straight on to the the disclaimer now, people. So all advice on this show is generally in nature. So please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. We do our best to provide the most up-to-date information, but as veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing, please let us know if we missed anything or if you need any clarification. Now, Lewis, I believe you're going to take a swipe at one of Australia's beloved media personalities let's come in off the long run mate down the hill with the wind at your tail dennis lily style right throw a bouncer at this this big big chinned vet tell us who we having a swipe at right you reckon i need to to uh come out of the jungle mate and uh out of the um, jungle yes out of the out of the jungle and uh into the living room and uh and and try and uh just give a little bit of uh Whack this guy all the way back to Bondi. Whoa. Wow. So we won't mention any names. No names. No names are required. No names at all. No. This was an email we got from from Claudia. 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 Speaking of of Patreon subscribers. Yes, exactly. Hi, Lewis and Robbie. A friend told me about this article by Dr. Beep, beep. That was Dr. Dr. B. Brown. Just a beep. No, beep. Right. No. No, it's not. not Charlie Brown. You didn't no, say Charlie Brown, did no, you? It wasn't Charlie Brown. There's no. no, no, no. It's all beeps, mate. Now I have to go right. back and beep out your little bit there. Right. Because it might get sued. No, we won't. Because it's all opinion. <laughs> it's all opinion. And neither of us, uh, uh, a friend told me about this article by the doc, and neither of us thought it sounded like a good approach. We were wondering what you thought. And thank you to the most hardworking, fantastic super vet, Dr. Robbie. Hey, you always go above and beyond. Hang on, mate. Did you? You wrote. You wrote this. You wrote yes. this email. I can tell because yep. there's nothing in it about Deb on the podcast. No, no, now, no. If, well, if it was, if it was a true listener email, I'm pretty sure that uh, that it would then say, "P.S." I says, "Thank you, Claudia." P.S. If at all possible, could you put Deb on the show? There we go, Deb. Yes. Yeah, but it hasn't. So, I'm, is this one? This one you wrote, mate. You trying yeah, to reckon this one yeah, with, uh, with Doctor Brown? Oh, Doctor Beep, Beep. <laughs> you just made yourself some more work. Um, Put me in the uh, brown with Doctor Doctor 
Beep. And, and, and it doesn't come, does it come from Cloudy's normal email address or has it come from, you know, I, I tried to get it as close to a normal email address, but, you know, just like a little underscore on there or a, well, you know, a bit of a. In, it's interesting you do so, mate. It's actually your your email address. Can I read that oh, out? Uh, no. Dr. Robbie at, uh, on, at gmail.com. Send you oh. send your direct direct messages to Robbie if you. It's got your phone number too, <laughs> mate. That's that interesting. So I thought this read week, us I, the article. What's happening in the article? Well, yeah, well, it, it fitted in well actually, because I had a client come in this week that um, uh, was just in for a vaccination dog in for vaccination. It's sort of a a small to medium sized spoodle, I think it was, and the owner happened to say to me, oh, you know, how's the dog going? You know, usual chat in the in the in the consult there. Oh, yep. How's it going? Vomiting, diarrhea, what are you feeding? How's the worming? All that sort of stuff. Just a general checkup, vaccination, all that sort of thing. Oh, everything's going fine, except I can't stop him from eating underpants. Right. In, in the house. Yes. Oh, okay. That doesn't, that's not ideal because we all know that, a, that um, apart from uh, not having any undies to wear, there's nothing worse than doing surgery on a dog to remove those said pair of undies from yes. their intestines when they get stuck. And she said, oh, he keeps you know, eating them and he passes them really well. And the other day he ate a pair of pants. Right. A pair of, of pants. And I was like, a pair of pants? Wow. Like, well, not, not just pants. one pant. No, not, not one a, pant. Not a pant tee, but a pant. Pant. With two legs. Yeah, with yes, legs, right. obviously. And said, oh, and it's coming out. You know, he's really, really straining to get it out. And I was like, it actually passed through. I was like, oh, my goodness. This is incredible. Wow. And, and apparently she's... He, he, she's must, he must chew 30 times before he swallows. Yes, that's a good point. That's a good point. Maybe they were like sort of a bamboo linen or something that was biodegradable. Oh, a little digestible. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Had a bit of some hemp. Maybe hemp, hemp, hemp fiber. <laughs> yes, thank hemp. you. Yeah. So actually good antioxidant or something like that. Arthritis, <laughs> I don't know what, what hemp's for. But anyway, so um, I, was like, oh, I was a bit sort of shocked. I was like, oh, that's okay. So, um, you know... Yeah, what have you been doing about it? Well, my, my husband said to me, I've got a busy household, you know, my husband sort of said to me, you know, why aren't you cleaning the things up? You know, why aren't you, you know, putting them out of the dog's Pick it, pick it, Picking the undies up. And that was my thought, but I didn't want to say it. Look, you, you know, you know, just pick them up, put them somewhere. Yeah. She said, well, actually, actually gets into the hamper and tips the hamper over and gets into them. And I thought, oh, hang on a sec, this, this sounds like it's a little bit more going on than just your, uh, just your snow dropping, um, you know, spoodle. And uh, yeah. And so we, a little bit further, I said, oh, well, so this sort of chewing of the garments, is it occurring when you're home or when you're not home? And the owner said, it actually only occurs when I'm not home. Um, and I said, is it, is it always sort of dirty items that have got your scent on them? Or is it sort of clean things that are in the cupboard? It's always dirty things with my scent on them. And so this thing started turning in my head and I yep and I painting thought, a picture and I went back to Dr. Brown's yeah, comments. Yeah. We may as well put it out there and uh and uh and made me think and then a little bit more chat you know so what a, oh and then it really frustrates me when we go out you know the back door we leave the back door open and he does poos and wheeze inside the house and I said okay right yeah. up. I think we're dealing, you know, I'm, I'm suspicious there's some separation anxiety in there. Mm. Destruction of items when owners leave, particularly things that have owners scent on them. The classic ones often something like a, a remote control seems to be a really common thing that a right. dog will attack or, or the couch where they sit or the bed or, you know, um, 
clothing or shoes that have been worn um, as well. And, and I said to Anna, look, I'm really concerned that that may be a little bit what's going on here. Um, I really think you should get a camera. And so I've suggested uh, I've got a really good link uh, of a camera that, that I like to use to get from Brunnings, inexpensive. Um, I said, you need to set this up to see how the dog's behaving when when you leave to see, you know, see if it is separation anxiety. And I said, oh, okay, okay. What sort of behaviour are they going to be showing when I leave that shows they've got separation anxiety? I said, well, they'll probably go over to the hamper, pull out your undies, eat your undies, eat a pair of pants, do a pool and wee in the, in the, in the living room. Yeah. Okay. And then, right. and then sit on the couch and start chewing on the remote control. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah. And and they're not trying to watch daytime TV. And no, so no. I said, yeah, I said, yeah, that's probably the main things you see, but you're also probably going to see them panting, whining, you know, making noise, uh, you know, just pacing, just, just pacing exactly yeah. around, around, around the house. And, and so anyway, so we come back to what Chris Brown. Yes. Are we saying this? I guess we are. Yeah, yeah. Go for a swing, mate. Go for a the man, swing. The man with the hat. We still we haven't st- still paid his legal fees from the cat show, have we? No, no, we haven't yet. No, no. <laughs> that time we we're still waiting. Someone else. We're not flaming. We're just my opinion. Okay. Yeah. And so this is uh, by an article by Dr. Chris Brown. Yep. Uh, says how to avoid that furry separation stress. They've had it so good, but with lockdowns now easing across the country, here's the one thing you need to be doing now to ensure the furry family cope with not having your constant company, dot, dot, dot. Hint, you must start now. All right, that's a good start. Mm-hmm. I like yep, that. Fair enough. What do we need to do? Preempt. So going back to work. We've been, been at home for two years. We're going back to work. Remember the office or even a holiday? Oh, he's a good writer, isn't he? They, those places you used to go. <laughs> yes. Memories. Oh, yes. Oh, we laugh, don't we, Chris? But over the last 18 months, you've almost constantly been at home, which has worked perfectly for you. For you know who. Oh, okay. Saying the dog. Yeah. And they've dog. loved the yeah, or the pet. They've loved the near constant attention on tap. But this brings me to my biggest fear for the remainder of 2021. All right. Yep. That we might just see a worldwide surge in separation anxiety if we don't equip the most emotionally needy member of the family with some skills to cope. Love it. Going well. Going well. Yep. So here goes. Your priority right now is to begin creating a more realistic life for them. Yeah, I like the idea of that. Okay. Yep. yep. Things are going to change. A world where, as scary as it sounds, there may not be someone around to service their constant need for pets, pets and pluck. What does this mean? Well, while morning and or evening exercise is achievable and therefore can and should remain, it's the access to undivided attention that may be unrealistic. Fair enough. So instead of having interaction on tap, let them know it's okay to have the dog or cat equivalent of me time. Me time. Me time. This, this, inverted commas, D time. Dog time. Yeah, or C time for cats. Right. Clever. Yeah. Good How about hammer time? If we got happy pants and we want to, you know, <laughs> mime something and dance weird. Ma, ma, mark and touches. Is something as simple as for two hours a day. Two hours. Let's say between 10 a.m. and midday. No matter how much they bark, meow, rest their chin on your knee with those pleading eyes, you don't yield. Oh, a cold shoulder. The tough love here means you ignore them completely. 
Even get up and walk out of the room if you have to, or go for a walk around the block. Sounds harsh, but it's actually equipping them with the life skills they need to get through the future months and years. Over days or preferably weeks, you can extend this another one hour period in the afternoon. So three hours a day. Right. Chris is ignoring his pet. Just, just you know, total. You're dead to me. Just make sure the whole family's in on it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You're a, you're out. It's no good if they know they can get the hit of affection from someone else in the home and run there. Now, wow. That's a big statement stuck well in the eighties. That one. Yeah. I have to say how it is. That's just, we used to say that. You know, I used to be a bit about ignoring, more along the lines of ignoring the dog before you leave, you know? Yeah, yeah. But but if your dog's anxious and needs your... Uh, reassurance. Yeah, reassurance. And then you just go, nah, mate, for two hours, I'm going to ignore you. That's going to make them worse. It's not going to teach them... It's just going to build and build and build and build and it's build. Not, it's not going to teach them what I can do to help myself when you aren't around. It's right. not going to teach them, you know, like it's, it's, it's so... It's really... Quite outdated advice, in my opinion. There we go. Okay, yes. That'll yep. help the lawyers. Allegedly. Does that work? Yeah. <laughs> Does that work? Does that work? But it's really not, it, it's not recommended. No behaviorist these days would recommend Recommends that. the ignorance. Yeah. yeah, yeah ig- ignorance, the ignoring. Yes, I like that. Yeah. Ignorance and ignoring. We don't recommend yeah. either of those. And that's why I listen to this podcast. Because <laughs> then you learn. You're not it, ignorant. You learn stuff. No. No, 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 no. We're, sometimes we're ignorant of, of actually oh. researching what we're talking about. Yeah, avocados for one. Avocados. You're yes, not yep. ignorant because you did the research. I did. I, that's how yeah. I did research that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not, don't, please don't do that. A much better. I was going to say, what's the do? solution? What's the better way of trying? Well, to a much better way is if you can, trying to give the dog something enjoyable to do while you go out for a short period and it might be just to put the bins out and you give them a Kong with some peanut butter in it. And they're enjoying that, doing that, um, you know, sort of thing while you leave and you come back and they're not anxious at all. They barely know you've gone. Um, And, and, uh, you know, if you, if your dog really is quite anxious, there's, there's a lot more things that I'm not really going to go into it today. I've actually actually got a, a second article written by a, a behaviourist that we might actually talk a little bit about today that was in the age, yep. um, just just in contrast into knowledge versus perhaps outdated knowledge. Um, yeah. And But but that, what you shouldn't do is what Chris is recommending, is in my opinion. It's just, it's, it's going to make them worse. For those two hours, they're going to be even more anxious. They're not going to calm down. They're, they're going to, it doesn't teach them that when you're gone, oh, oh yeah, I had that two hours earlier. I remember what I do now. I just go and sit and lie on the couch. Yeah, yeah. Really teach them. And you do need to get some, some professional help if you think your dog's got some, some really bad anxiety. But, but in, in saying that, yeah, it is about just going out for short periods, giving them something to enjoyable to do, teaching them um, a little bit of independence by some sit and stay sort of training, sometimes on a mat and you moving away from them. Because often these dogs that have separation anxiety are also what we call Velcro dogs in that yeah. they're continually attached to you around the house. So you can't even go to the toilet, have a shower without yeah. them being there. Um, that's, that's often a sign we see as well. So then Chris goes on. There's oh, a little tip. He gives more. a little tip. He gives a great oh, little tips. tip. Good. You can even attach a little sign to their collar to remind everyone they're on D or C time. Nice. Right? Wow. A shame sign. 
Yeah, kind of. Yeah, maybe. Just remember, it doesn't mean you love them any less. Instead, it means they can focus on a bit of self-love and be comfortable with their own time. Now, we all, including... Need, need, I'm sure, sure that the, the esteemed Dr. Chris sometimes needs some, some, some <laughs> self-love and some self-time. Well, we all know that even the captain of the cricket team, obviously the ex-captain of the Australian cricket team, likes to focus on a bit of self-love time and be comfortable with themselves. It's a life skill. They probably need brushing up on. That's not what, how you teach it. Plus, uh, it'll yeah, make- how, how, how many times through the evolution of dogs did they rely on 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 D time or C time? Do you think on on just sort of brushing up on having their own their own time? Mm, mm. Yeah, life skill. Plus, it'll make your homecoming even more special. And who doesn't love love an off the charts love actually style lick laden reunion that makes six hours out of the house look like six years wow terrific so so you've taken your separation anxiety dog then you come home and then as the dogs just absolutely flip it out you get it really worked up just as you walk in the door too exactly that's right exactly that's all yeah so they they're really worked up and and you know knowing the time that you're going to be home and then you walk in you get all those lovely licks and then you walk out the back and find that three pairs of your undies are missing and there's a big poo in the living room and yep. and uh and there was some pants in it yeah <laughs> yeah from three weeks ago yeah <laughs> uh so please don't do that but this is something that was in the age which i thought well this is a bit of journalism this was i think it originally come from the telegraph from Louise Glazebrook, who is a dog trainer and a behaviorist. Uh, we've talked before about what behaviorist means. Anyway, yeah. separation anxiety. What happens to your dog's brain when you leave home? If you've ever wondered what your pet gets up to when you leave the house, then you aren't alone. In recent years, the marketing for pet technology, such as smart cameras, has rapidly expanded, allowing pet owners to observe their pet antics from anywhere at the click of a button. According to a report by Global Market Insights, the market valuation of pet tech will cross $15 billion. Wowzers. That's, that's pounds, sorry. So that's 30 no, that's even That's even more. 30 billion. Scottish scientists at the University of Glasgow developed Dog Phone. Oh, excellent. A device which allows lonely pets to video call their owners during the day while they're at work. <laughs> <laughs> perfect perfect we should, we should get one we should get one i want rosie uh, to call me when i'm at work well how good would that be um do you think uh, imagine the uh if somebody bought it for their cat as well they go my my cat's not calling me because your cat doesn't care about you <laughs> cat's happy that you finally yeah. nicked off out of the house it's having plenty of self-love for 20 lots of self-love for, yes lots of self-love because you're not yeah. home it's wrapped well, that, is that what's going to happen? Is that that cat that's having self-love? Is it going to then suddenly dial into you with a, a big self-love photo? And be oh, like, no, not at the time of all. Well, well, gee whiz. Not, I'm in a console right now. Stop, you know. You can't send me this. Notifications off. Olive, Olive, don't send me these pics. These, these, yes. this. Not, <laughs> I don't want to see your self-love time. Just accidentally presses the wrong button. The phone works by hiding an accelerometer in a ball, which brings up the video conference software when shaken. Right. Although these devices are made with good intentions, the answer to tackling the rise in lonely canines is more complicated. Hey, I like the sound of that. Mm -hmm. Research suggests that 
Eight out of 10 dogs will find it hard to cope when left on their own, although half of these won't show any obvious signs of distress. Many of these dogs have separation anxiety, which is a deep-rooted issue that takes months, sometimes years, to solve, not just two hours. Two hours. Usually, oh, no, there's, a, there's a, the extra hour in the afternoon as well. Oh, yeah, forget. sorry, three hours. Yeah. Three hours a day. Just start now, maybe between 10 and 1. Yeah, just, yep. you know. Perfect time. Usually it requires owners working with an experienced behaviorist or a qualified veterinary behaviorist if medication is required to help the dog be able to calm down. This would never be the first port of call, though. Good point. Video calling a dog from your desk might put your mind at ease, but some dogs can find it distressing to hear their owner's voices when they aren't there. With the use of technology, voice. Mm. Yeah, with, the use, with the use of, te- use of technology around dogs growing, the one thing we need to remember is that dogs are living. Yes, uh, living, living, they're dead. Sorry, that went around the corner then, around oh, the page. Right. Living, <laughs> breathing, emotional animals. They yeah, are living not unless robots. they're dead. Thank you. Well they're, yes. well, they're not robots. No, they're not. They're not. No. I've opened some of them up and I've seen no, mecha- no mechanics in there at all. And we need to stop looking for easy solutions to put more time, effort, and money into choosing the right dog, seeking professional help, and remember that one size does not fit all. Separation distress has always been an issue, but the situation has undoubtedly been made worse by the pandemic. Lockdown restrictions meant that new puppies have got used to being around their owners 24-7. Some owners may not have thought about the work and preparation that goes into teaching a puppy to feel safe and secure when they're left alone. And that's that thing of going out for short periods, giving them something enjoyable to do, mm. making sure they're in a safe area, um, you know, comfortable area, that they're, they're comfortable when you leave as a puppy. So what happens to our dog's brains when we leave them alone? If you have an independent dog who's accustomed to being alone, loves a bit of D-time. D-time, self-love. They, yep. They might be quite happy dozing on the sofa until you get back. The maximum time I would recommend leaving a dog who has no issues being alone is four hours, okay. which is interesting. Now, yep. I, don't, I think there'd be quite a few owners, listener out there who would want to leave their dog for longer periods of time. I, I think there's a lot of listeners, bosses that want them to leave for longer than leave the dogs for longer than four hours. Yes. Yes. And so, look, while I think that's a, a lovely comment in theory, I don't think it works practically in the real world all the time. There are a lot of people that have busy lifestyles um, and, and, I don't necessarily have an issue with leaving a dog for a longer period of time, as long as they've got everything they need. You know, they've got access to toilet, um, to get away from their toilet. They've got food and water and they're not getting distressed, most importantly. And then when you come home, it's what you do when you're with them that's very important. So anyway, I digress. It's always best to walk them before and ensure they have plenty of mental stimulation during the day. Good point. If we take a dog who struggles with separation anxiety, their brain goes into panic mode as soon as you leave the house or start ignoring them. This is because the dog has lost a visual of where their owner is. They have no concept of where you're going or how long you'll be gone. For some dogs, the panic is most intense in the first 10 minutes. I'll probably put Mm. that down maybe 20 minutes in some dogs. But I've experienced firsthand the owners who say their dogs have sustained constant panic for up to three hours. It can go for longer than that. Yeah, you can go all much. day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't think it's limited to that time at all. I have some dogs who I see who go through cycles. It's weird. Every every uh, 40 minutes or so, because owners have got video cameras, they go through cycles of where they're okay for 30 minutes, but then they, uh, you know, 40 minutes, they're up barking and upset and all, all anxious again. Mm-hmm. So that, that certainly happens too. 
Sometimes cues such as putting your shoes on or standing by the coat rack, picking up your keys are enough to trigger a response before you even left the house. Normally the first sign of panic is the dog vocalizing, the other bark, whine or howl to let you know they feel insecure. And it's often a high pitch noise as well. Some dogs may move on to destructive behaviors such as scratching the floor, pouring the crate or eating some underpants. Underpants. Often or they even some overpants. Mm, yeah. Often they start to pant, which is a stress response in case the dog feels unsafe. They can escalate into actual crying, heavier panting, drooling and frantic behaviors such as digging the floor, pacing and defecating. All of these indicate the dog is in distress. And we sort of mentioned those before. Destructive behaviors should never be punished as they are a way of the dog trying to regulate their own nervous system. In the same way that humans suck their thumbs or scroll through their phones, dogs bite or tear things to try and calm themselves down. The longer the owner is away, the more their distress builds. Yeah. Look, some dogs are distressed from the second the owners leave. It doesn't yeah. build over time at all. Um, I'm not sure the destructiveness is them sucking their thumbs. I think they're just so anxious. They just don't know what they're doing. They're frantic often. That's why they lose control of their bowels. You now go to the toilet yeah. and wee. As soon as you leave the house, the levels of cortisol, the stress hormone and adrenaline increase in dogs with dependency issues. Sometimes it can take anywhere between 24 and 48 hours, the cortisol and adrenaline to leave the body. The more often we leave an anxious dog, the more this process happens. So we certainly know that the more you leave an anxious dog, the worse um, every time you leave an anxious dog, they're going to be worse the next time when you leave. So we do know that it gets worse. And that's why the two hour, three hour thing is not really recommended as well. Cause it's going to make them worse. Um, um, even well-established pets are affected. Older dogs can be habitual and owners who have been working from home may have inadvertently undone some of their dogs early training in the first lockdown. My children encourage our dog Pippa nine-year-old smooth hair, rescued Collie to follow us around the house. This meant Pip, Pip would be waiting for us by the door when we came in, whereas before he wouldn't even bother looking up from his spot on the sofa. With owners staying to return to offices, it's no wonder we are seeing a whole range of dependency problems in dogs. Some dogs are more susceptible to separation anxiety due to their genetics. At the moment, I'm seeing a lot of clients with cavoodles and miniature smooth-haired dachshunds. Yes. Mm -hmm. Definitely. This isn't surprising given that Cavoodles are bred from the Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, dog that was originally bred as a companion dog. I'm not sure if that's really the case personally. I just yeah. think it's the breeding lines that are coming through. Correct. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe where they're coming from, but potentially from the environments that they've been raised in too. That's part of it too, but there's some genetics there. Um, but a lot of dogs are bred as companion dogs and they're not, you know, any more prone to separation anxiety. Yeah. Many miniature accents are used to being picked up and carried around by their owners. Now, I'm not sure she's saying that causes separation anxiety, but I think um, Daxies, are, a lot of them that we're seeing these days are just very anxious dogs. Yeah. Um, there's to be real lineage coming through them. I, th I think they've realized just how um, precarious their backs are, <laughs> you know, and, and that if, if ever there's anything, you know, on the like wet grass, no, I'm going to get a wet tummy. You know, anything is just going to scrape on the tummy. So I think I think there's I think there's a, there's a lot to be anxious about if you're a ducky. Yeah, yeah. So tackling separation anxiety and puppy starts to teach them to feel safe when alone. That's a good point. In older dogs, it's about identifying triggers. Ultimately, no dog wants to sit by themselves for nine to ten hours a day. Before you get one, you should think carefully about whether your life you're going to offer is the one you a dog would want, and you should not be looking for a ball that calls an owner to remedy this issue. Dogs are not robots. So there you go, mate. Which article yeah. would you be telling your clients to read? Would it be the drool article by the drooly vet? Yes, the dream boat. 
Yeah, he's, yes. Well, yeah, the man in the canoe, no doubt about it. <laughs> <laughs> he's, your, he's your guy, isn't he? <laughs> but, oh, the one by the Telegraph with Louise Glazebrook, I certainly, I certainly think. Yeah. Yeah, so no, no, yeah. Um, one thing that I would say, Lewis, on that, um, when what sort of advice would you give people as to when to seek veterinary help? Like, are there any certain triggers that you would say to people, yeah, look, this is the time where in your dog that's showing signs of anxiety, that it would be a good time to pick up the phone and come and talk to your vet? Yeah, I think if you if you try it, yeah. Uh, getting a video, like I said, is is really really important to know what's going on. Um, but if you feel that your dog's distressed when you leave, and simple things like you know taking them for a walk beforehand, giving them some exercise, some mental stimulation beforehand, leaving some uh, some food related enrichment devices for them, giving them something enjoyable as you you leave, simple things like that don't seem to be helping, and they're getting worse. Yeah, your dogs, you know, showing those signs of anxiety that, that we've talked about, um, then at that stage, yeah, I definitely would be seeking seeking vet advice and um and uh and and possibly you know might need to think about some Zilkeen. Yeah, might be an option. Might want to try that stuff first. Yeah, and pick that up. And then if those things sort of aren't helping, then definitely um seek some professional help from your vet or or um or a vet who knows a bit about behavior, either there or, you go. Or, a be- or a behavior specialist too, vet and behavior specialist, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you very much for that, mate. Thanks for bringing that to the attention of the listeners. That was a, that was a good one. And uh, well, thanks yeah. Cloudy. Yes. Yeah, thank you very much. Cloudy. It didn't really, uh, I mean, we could have, we could have, you know, whacked the big guy around a little bit more, but that's right. I think we're pretty, uh, pretty uh, you know, reasonable to, towards him in the end. So, well, he does well, his well, own well self love. So, so he's probably done his own good oh, bit of whacking at you know, times. It sounds like. Uh, the, the well moisturized that skin looks, you know, like yes. glistening yes. in the jungle. The 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 big the big cheekbones. Yes. Anyway, if, and if the you... product in his hair that we're jealous of, definitely yeah. jealous of that. Uh, if anything, oh, the fact that he's got hair, yeah, hundred yeah. um, percent. Yeah. Now, uh, if, if you guys have got any uh, any media based, uh, you know, celebrities that you'd like us to also t- take a take a bit of a swing and a whack at, whack a mole, yep. Then uh, you know, uh, send us an email like Cloudy did to uh, Two Vets Talk Pets at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us at patreon.com. Search for Two Vets Talk Pets. You can find us on uh, the social media things as well. And uh, otherwise, then uh, next week I think we'll uh, we'll we'll knock off all those questions that we've been uh, those other questions have been accumulating over the last couple of weeks, mate. What do you reckon? Sounds like a plan, buddy. Definitely. Excellent. So, so a good question, uh, question to thon next week, listeners. So, if you've got a burning question, uh, why not, uh, why not send it into us? Excellent, and we, and we Sound- shall answer it. Sounds like a plan, buddy. Alrighty, guys. Cool. We'll scratch you later. Peace out. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, or send an email to twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at vetbehaviorist, and more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.